All right, hi, this is Roland Fisher, lead pastor of Second City Church, and we hope that you're well. Welcome to our online service. We hope you leave today encouraged, full of faith, and ready to take the kingdom of God wherever you may go. But we just wanted you to know that we're so glad that you've chosen to join us today. And once again, welcome. Hello, good morning, everybody. And again, welcome to Second City Church. I hope you guys are able to encounter our living God in our time of worship. And then you were encouraged through the announcements to get plugged in uh, with all that God is doing uh, at the church. But I'm really excited to talk to you today. Um, and my, once again, my name is Cole Parlier. I'm associate pastor here at the church. I'm excited to talk to you guys today because today is a very special day on the liturgical calendar, on the Christian church calendar. And today we're gonna be talking about Palm Sunday. Yes, it is that day in which Jesus Christ triumphantly came to Jerusalem, entering in humbly on a donkey and rode through Jerusalem, uh, taking authority uh, over that city, which was rightly his, but he did so in a way that really confounds the people of his time. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. Um, so guys, whenever we're preparing a message, yes, we wanna study the scriptures, but we also wanna ask God, what is it that through your word that you're wanting to accomplish in us? How do you want to change our minds? How do you want to change our hearts and transform us? Because knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And so we always want to ask, Lord, what, what are you doing to help us love you and love people better? And so when I was asking the Lord that question, he brought Romans 12, 1 through 2 to mind. So I want to read that uh, to you guys. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so along those lines, what I felt that God was saying to us at Second City Church in this time period is, He wants to renew our minds and transform us regarding what it means in three areas. What it means to be truly obedient, truly blessed, and truly triumphant. So I'll say it again. He wants to renew our minds regarding what it means to be truly obedient, truly blessed, and truly triumphant. And so guys, let's pray before we hop into the Word of God. Uh, Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you for going before us in the man Jesus Christ, setting us an example, but then also doing what we could not do on our own, truly triumphing over sin and death through your sacrifice on the cross in our place for the forgiveness of our sins, something that we could not do. And so we want to say thank you today. And God, for, for all of us here that are willing, we open our hands, Lord, as we pray, and we uh, open our hearts, and we say transform us today. Let us truly know you and truly know your ways, God. Renew our minds. No longer let us be conformed to the patterns of this world, but renew us and prepare us for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, so what we're going to hop into is Luke 19, 28 through 48. And this is one of the passages of Scripture that is found actually in all four Gospels called the Triumphal Entry. This is where Jesus comes, like we said, riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. So let's read the Word of God, starting in Luke 19, 28. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. 
When he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany, at the mountain that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? You shall say this, The Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went away and found it, just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, Why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus. And throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you, and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you, because you did not know the time of your visitation." And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple. The chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him, but they did not find anything they could do, for all the people were hanging on his words. Amen. Well, guys, we're going to talk about those three things, truly obedient, truly blessed, and truly triumphant. So, truly obedient. Obeying God's Word is what it means to be truly obedient. I'll say it again. Simply, obeying God's Word is what it means to be truly obedient. So, that is in contrast to obeying my ideas, my thoughts, or the peer pressure, the cultural pressure around me that says what is good, what is right, and what is godly. That is not true obedience, but truly obeying God is obeying His Word, what He has already written. So in order to obey His Word, sounds pretty simple, self-evident, we have to know His Word first. That is without question. As we read the account of Jesus entering into Jerusalem, we see Him obeying the commands of God as they had been written. Jesus wasn't making things up on what he thought was best or giving in to the intense peer pressure and crowd pressure that was around him. God has made his command for the promised Messiah known through the prophet Zechariah. So Jesus, yes, the Son of God, but also, uh, also uh, in human form, he knew the written word of God. And Zechariah 9.9 reads this, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And so what we see here is that Jesus fulfilled this command by going out of his way, doing what was inconvenient 
by sending his disciples, as we read earlier, to go to a place to find it, to negotiate even with the people that were there, when Jesus simply just could have walked in and, and done things as he always had. But there's a reason why Jesus did this, and we don't want to overlook that. Jesus had chosen, could have chosen to enter in a much more convenient way, but instead he chose to obey God's word, not only to set an example for us, but to fulfill the prophecy. And there are many reasons why Jesus needed to do that. One of those is because he was confirming his calling and his identity as the one true Messiah by truly obeying God's word instead of the expectation of the crowd. So now we're going to talk about expectation, right? We have all expectations for, uh, for ourselves, for those around us. We have expectations for God, what we think that he should be like, what he should do for us. Uh, but honestly, there's only one expectation that matters, and that is God's expectation for us. And so Jesus, as the Messiah, he knew God's expectation for the chosen Messiah, and he intentionally did what needed to be done to fulfill, to obey the word of God for that expectation. We need to know what the crowds were expecting of Jesus to understand why it was so important that he truly obeyed God's word and the prophetic message that was given about him. Now, you have to understand, Jesus had already been walking around for three years doing many miracles, many signs, many wonders that included raising the dead, that included opening deaf ears, blind eyes, casting out demons, healing leprosy, all kinds of sickness and diseases. And I'm sure there were rumors going around, too, about his miraculous birth. So there was a high expectation of this man. Some thought he was prophet. Some thought he was Messiah. Uh, there were many expectations. So it was that much more important that he correctly fulfilled God's commands in the way that God had intended for them to be. Now, what we see here is that fulfilling the Messianic Scripture, riding on a donkey into the city of the great king, was the way that God was going to set those expectations straight. Now, riding in on a donkey meant different things to different people in the crowd. Now, what does that mean for us today? That means that whenever God tells us to do something and we're obeying it, it's going to it's going to fall in the right place at the right time on the ears that need to hear it, even though people will have different expectations. You and I cannot figure out all the different expectations that people have or what they need to hear and when. But you know what we can do? We can learn God's Word. We can learn to hear His voice and what it sounds like. And we can grow in obedience. And we can trust Him uh, as we obey Him. Now, uh, the Israelites looking for the Messiah would have recognized the donkey as a fulfilled prophecy, and they would have grown in their faith. So that's why, I was in, why that's important. Jesus said, I came for the lost sheep of Israel. So he wanted to constantly be going after the lost sheep of Israel and actually getting the donkey and fulfilling prophecy was one way that he was doing that. Now, they celebrated Jesus' entry with palm branches. That's why we call it Palm Sunday. They cut branches off of uh, trees from Jericho, brought them up in other areas. And now, the significance of the palm branches is that this is something that they would do uh, in the past leading up to this point when there was a military victory. And so you can tell their expectation was that Jesus was coming as 
the Messiah as a military liberator, setting them free from the oppression of Rome, and therefore they had these palm branches. What we also see is that they were laying them down in submission to him. So even though they were encouraged, like, yes, this is the Messiah, they were right. The truth is, they did not see the whole picture. They had part of it. And so God needs to correct that. And that's why Jesus had to keep going, had to keep obeying God so that they would be. And you know what the good news is? Even though they had part of the picture, what God was going to do, the liberation that he was achieving for his people and those that would trust in Jesus was far greater, far bigger, far more encompassing than they could even imagine at that time. And that's good news for you and I today. When we have a small picture of what God is doing, we have a prophetic insight, or maybe you're new to the Christian faith and you have one scripture that you've memorized and it's true, right? Well, you can be sure that there is more, that God is doing more than you can think or imagine. And you just have to trust and continue walking with him and obeying him as he does it. And so now it's good too, that even though they didn't see the whole picture, they still lay down their branches. And also it says that they lay down their cloaks, which is um, uh, a prophetic act that we see that happened in 2 Kings 9.13 when uh, the people in Jerusalem took off their cloaks quickly and laid them down when uh, Jehu was being anointed uh, uh, king. It was an act of submission uh, to the changing king. And so they didn't even understand really the significance of what they were doing, but they did what they knew to do. Now, other people in the crowd would have been the Romans. You had the whole uh, battalions that were there at this high festival time in Jerusalem, there to prevent revolt and to make sure just order uh, was kept. The Romans did not recognize what was happening when Jesus was coming in on a donkey. So once again, significance and truly obeying God's word Okay, he came in riding on a donkey, which would not have been uncommon for somebody riding on a donkey, but because the Jews knew its prophetic fulfillment, it had a special meaning to them. But at the same time, the Romans, if they knew what was happening, that Jesus was coming in as the king of Israel, right? They would have done something about it and they would have stopped it. So obeying God's word truly rather than just what we think is important is uh, very strategic. We can say that for sure. And so that's another reason that we want to do that. Now, it was imperative for Jesus to truly obey God's words in order for God's plan of saving us from sin and death to come to pass. If Jesus had compromised by taking up a sword and a war horse, he may have been able to muster an army to overthrow Roman oppression for a while, but the sinful human heart would have still prevailed in the end. So what this reminds us of is that when we do things God's way, it's going to achieve that bigger, longer lasting, and eternal redemption, that eternal healing that we're all looking for. And it will have no negative side effects either. And that's good news. Now, huh, you and I have visions and ideas of what it looks like uh, for us to please and serve God. Uh, I've been working, walking with the Lord for about 13 years now. And boy, they have changed over time. And, but that just, as you walk with Him and get to know Him, they change. Uh, but the truth is, is that God has already revealed what pleases Him in His Word, the Bible. So even though you may be growing and hearing God's voice, I just can't stress enough that God has given us 
his word written down for us so that we could have everything we need to know about him and his promises that by trusting in them, we, we can become partakers of the divine nature. We can be forgiven of our sins. We can be made right with God and we begin to live a holy and pleasing life that is fruitful in every way that we can imagine and beyond what we can imagine. Now, Jesus was confirming his God-chosen identity as the Messiah through truly observing, fulfilling God's word concerning the Messiah. In the same way, you and I also confirm our calling as children of God, if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, you confirm your calling as a child of God as you truly obey God's word and rely on his promises. 2 Peter 1, 3-11 really opens up for us what God is doing in us as we trust and obey him and grow in holiness. So let's read it. It says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from becoming ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Isn't that encouraging, friends? As you continue to trust God, to learn His word and His promises, and then place your hope in Him and what He has promised in Jesus Christ, you will become more confident, more sure of your identity in Christ. God doesn't just want you to have head knowledge. He wants you to experience His, His faithfulness as in faith you step out to obey Him. Now, as children of God, we have a shared calling. Yes, church, we have a shared calling to a holy life here and now in preparation for the kingdom to come. God wants you and us as the body of Christ to be holy here and now. Now, Jesus has called his disciples to obey all he commanded and to teach others to obey his commands as well. Now, this is our shared calling that confirms our shared salvation and entrance into God's eternal kingdom like we just read. That's obeying all that Jesus commanded. Now, Jesus had a unique calling, right, as the one and only Messiah, the Son of God, the Christ, the Savior of the world, who would save us all from our sins, who would conquer death. That was His unique calling, right, as the Son of God. And also, the truth is that you and I also have a unique calling to bring about God's purposes in the earth. And so, we, we must obey God not only in what He has made clear for all of us in Jesus' commands, but He wants you to grow in relationship. And I, I keep saying it again. 
He wants you to know his voice. His sheep know his voice. He has a special, unique thing for you to do to bring his purposes outside of just general making disciples, doing good works. But there are special good works that he's designed you for and created you for. And he wants you to not miss out on that. Now, in order to bring about God's purposes that were prepared in advance for you to fulfill, you must truly obey God's commands that are specific for your life and your calling. Jesus has set you free from the power of sin so that you can walk with him and so that you can be fruitful, bringing glory to the Father. I'll say it again. Jesus endured the cross. He triumphed over sin and death so you could be free, so that you could obey Him, right? Not so that you could do whatever is right in your own eyes, but so that you could do the things that He created you to do. And that is true freedom. That is true fulfillment. That is true satisfaction. And you will have the most joy as you do that. Now, when you choose to truly and fully obey God's commands, you will know what it means to be truly blessed. So now we're going to transition into the second point, truly blessed. Who here wants to be blessed? All right, raise your hands, put them up. Okay, chat box, I want to see it right now. Put it in there. If you want to be blessed, put it in there. Okay, you made a public witness. I'm, I'm in that camp too. I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed by God, right? That is the one blessing that counts. Okay, so here's what it means to be blessed. Okay, follow with me. To be blessed is to be like God, okay? To be blessed is to be like God. Now, what do I mean by that? You and I were created in the image of God, right? Okay, we got that? Okay, created in the image of God. Now, this is our destiny. This is why Jesus came, so that we can be restored to that image. So that you and I could be forgiven of our sins, reconciled to God, and empowered to walk in righteousness. Okay, you follow me still? Okay, now... Jesus is God in the flesh, right? Okay, we were created to be like God, so we are created to be like Jesus. Jesus is the righteous one. Okay, you got that. He's the only righteous one. Jesus is the one whom God the Father says, with you I am well pleased, right? So we want to be like him. We want the Father to be well pleased with us. Now, Jesus is truly blessed, all right? We would all agree, Jesus is truly blessed. No more joyful person that ever walked the earth. No more productive, fruitful person that has ever walked the face of the planet. He is the one who we are to obey and imitate as disciples. As people that have trusted Him, we are one with Him, and now we want to obey Him, follow His example, listen to His voice, and do what He says. All right, guys, are you ready? Matthew 5, 3 through 12, okay? This is called the Beatitudes, and this is where Jesus says specifically who is blessed. Okay, you ready? All right, here we go. This is Jesus talking, not Cole. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you 
and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Okay? So in summary, here's what it means to be like Jesus, to be truly blessed. And these are Jesus' words. You're blessed when you're poor in spirit. You're blessed when you mourn. You're blessed when you're meek. You're blessed when you're hungry and thirsty for righteousness. You're blessed when you're merciful, when you're pure in heart, peacemakers. You're blessed when you're persecuted, when you do the right thing and nobody notices that you've done it. You're blessed when others revile you and persecute you, when they actually beat you up and keep you down, and then they slander you. They lie about you because you did not meet their expectations. These are all the things that Jesus set an example for us that He triumphed over so that we could too. Now let me ask you, are you blessed? There's some of you out there right now, if you really listen to this list, you are now crying because you realized what you thought was a hardship, what you thought was going to break you, what you thought was God's wrath on you, now you realize that you're blessed because what it means to be blessed is to have room for Christ so that He can come take up residence in you. So rejoice. Uh, in verse 12, we didn't read it. It says, Rejoice and be glad. Talking about all, the, all you who are blessed. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great. Here we go. In heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Guys, Jesus triumphed over the cross, over sin and death, and now His reward is His eternal life. And you and I can also, by Christ, triumph over sin and death, triumph over all these things that He calls us blessed for because we can be united with Him and overcome them. Now, Jesus exemplified all of these for us. To be His disciples is to share in His suffering so that the world may know His salvation. Okay, This is truly blessed, to share in His suffering as His disciples, so that the world may know His salvation. That is your crown and your reward in heaven when you do those things. So no matter what happens here and now, no matter how you feel rewarded in this life, even though Jesus said you will be rewarded in this life with trials and persecutions among all the prosperous things that happen inside you and around you, now, to embrace this kind of blessing and suffering as we walk with Jesus is what it means to be truly triumphant. If you can receive this blessing, if you can walk with Jesus by faith, this is what it means to be truly triumphant because you have overcome this world, even your faith. You have overcome it. Okay, lastly, we're almost done. What does it mean then to be truly triumphant? And why was Jesus triumphant? Because despite the wrong expectations of the crowd and even the disciples, he marched intentionally and adamantly toward the cross for the salvation of those who would believe in him later. He wasn't living for the present moment. He was living for what was to come. And that was triumphant. Now, that was his triumph, right? He pleased the Father. He obeyed the Father because the Father wanted to save the world and He was the only one that could do it, the perfect sacrifice. But what about us? Now, as the Son of God, Jesus had all authority 
over heaven and earth, legions of angels, it says, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, that he had authority over, that he could have called upon. So he could have stopped the suffering. He could have stopped all these things that were called blessing, he, the hunger, the thirst, the, the persecution. He could have stopped all of this in his own life and the crucifixion at any moment. But instead, he chose to love us by becoming a sacrifice for us. I'll say it again. He chose to love us by becoming a sacrifice for us. By loving us in this way, he has truly triumphed over mankind's biggest enemy, sin and Satan. And he has truly triumphed over mankind's biggest fear, death. This is why in the kingdom of God, every tear will be wiped away because Jesus has done it. And I'll leave you with this scripture before we pray. 2 Corinthians 2, 14-16 But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us, leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? Well, I tell you what, Jesus is sufficient for these things. And so my question for you today as we close is, will you accept Jesus' triumph over sin and death on your behalf today? Will you turn from sin, unrighteousness, which everyone has been handed over to this. There's not a person on the planet that has not been a sinner. That's why Jesus had to come. So you're not uh, in any special circumstance. All of sin have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have uh, failed at bearing His image. So today, Will you trust Jesus for the salvation and forgiveness of your sins that you may be, may be made right with God? If so, I want you to take a, a bold act today and I want you to type in the chat box and I want you to say, I do, I do. And then I want you to click the prayer button and we want to pray with you today. But I'm going to pray with you right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the precious gift, the priceless gift of your son Jesus, that you would come to earth and do what no one else could do, that you would overcome sin and death, that you would squash our fears by your great love for us. So God, today, for all those that have boldly said, yes, I am a sinner and I need to be saved, God, I pray that you would fill them right now with the confirmation as they truly mean it, Lord, as they've turned to you that you would fill them with joy that comes from salvation, from being made right with God, from the wrath of God being inverted. And so, Lord, we ask that you would do that. Lord, we ask that they would be plugged in to the church now, that they would grow in the family of God in this shared calling that we talked about, and they would know the purpose for which you have left them here on the earth to achieve for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now this week we're going to continue to encourage one another in our community groups and we encourage you if you've not found one yet to please go to our website and find both virtual and in-person options. Let us know how we can be standing with you. Let us know how we can be lifting up your arms in great confidence and faith in God's love for you and this week we do know that we will be praying for you. 
But until then, please do think about who you can invite next week who also needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Share the link when you can, and we want you to know we're looking forward to seeing you this week and next Sunday as well. So God bless you, and have a wonderful week in the Lord.